0: Welcome to the Pop Cult Podcast. Here are your hosts, Ariana and Seth. This is the Pop Cult Podcast. I'm Seth. I'm Ariana. And today we wrap up our look at films from 1995. We'll be looking at Alex de la Iglesia's film, The Day of the Beast. But first, we are going to look at Desperado, the uh, second feature from Robert Rodriguez. Uh, starring Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek. So, Ariana, what did you think of Desperado?
1: So, I saw Desperado, I remember, as a kid first.
0: You mean El Mariachi?
1: No, I mean... I you saw, saw this? Okay. Yeah, I also saw El, El Mariachi. like Which I have
0: not seen El Mariachi, but then I saw Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which you have not seen. Yeah, and too. El
1: Mariachi, for some reason, was embedded in my brain. I think it was just one of the first, like like spanish action films where i was just like what um like desperado i remember i tried to like there was a music video that you could solicit on this channel called the box i don't know if you remember the box i didn't have cable okay so it was a channel where you could like pay for them to like play a like a music video and you would have to put in the numbers of course, I never ordered this because my grandmother would have been on my fucking ass on it.
0: Because I'm sure it was like a dollar ninety nine yeah, or something. So,
1: yeah. yeah, so you'd be like, and, like, which is crazy because like, now you think of like when
0: you want to bring up a song or watch a music video, you just go to YouTube.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and um, so the Antonio Banderas one, and this movie as a kid, I thought of it more of a like a serious film. But now watching an adult is like, this is an action comedy.
0: Well, somebody pointed out, they said, uh, Mm -hmm. one of Rodriguez's uh, attempts to make a somewhat serious movie before he just started making live action cartoons. Yeah. Which, when you think about Spy Kids and Shark Boy and Lava Girl and all of the stuff he kind of does, and even like... The grindhouse feature he did, Planet Terror. They're cartoons. These are cartoons.
1: It's also like he's trying to make those grimy, like B version movies that you'd end up eh, like renting or watching on the like cable late at night. But I think Desperado was not serious at all. And Mariachi was like serious to me from what Mm -hmm. I remember. But this one had like it was
0: silly from the first scene.
1: Yes, because I think hmm. like one of uh, my favorite scenes were like they're discussing about this hit person that is brought into the uh, to the movie, and every mention, <laughs> the guy is like on the phone. He's, like, can you describe him for me? Well, it's
0: like a, because it's uh, Danny Trejo. Yes. As Navajas. Yes. And he has been sent by the big boss who we never see or really know anything about and i think maybe in once upon a time in mexico they touch on that i can't remember it's been like 20 years since i saw that movie um and so the the villain of the film buco his men kill navajas because they don't know who he is do they they think he is the guy they're after or they just think he's some the other or
1: the are just kill whoever you don't yeah. know.
0: And so they bring him in while Buko is on the phone and he goes, "Oh, you sent a man here?" And he's like and he's looking at the body, <laughs> <laughs> the eyes. And he's like, "What does he look like?
1: like?" brown hair, brown eyes. Uh that's a lot of people. Yeah. And <laughs> they like open the his town. and they open
0: his vest and they go, "Oh, he has a tattoo of tattoo oh. of what?" Of a woman. a woman and that's exactly what she's like, like Oh, he uses a very special kind of weapon. <laughs> and he goes, and throwing knives? Knife. And they lift up the throwing okay. knives.
1: So yeah, it feels... It's... And like, oh, and then he's got pesos for, for like, money. And that...
0: they <laughs> split a bag it's of just, pesos.
1: Like, a bunch of coins falling, which solidifies to you. I'm like, okay, this is... It's
0: very it. much a... Like, the rhythm of the movie is... Slapstick comedy.
1: Yes, but I think what makes it like enjoyable is that everyone is taking their like role seriously. Well, that's
0: where there was a scene in the end. I don't want to say it because I guess it is like the biggest spoiler of the movie about Buko. Yeah. And I looked at you and I was like, he's very inspired by like telenovelas, right?
1: And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's fun. It's ridiculous fun. It's gory fun but
0: it's still it is fun. a little boring. Cuz yeah. I felt I was drifting a bit and maybe it's because like action movies in this vein are just not my thing. Yeah. Where I was kind of like the cuz it's sort of like, "Oh, you want to do an action movie?" And my thing is, "If you're going to do an action movie, go fucking insane." Yeah. But then the rhythm of like, "Okay, we're going to have an action set piece and then we're going to cool things down. We're going to have a t- a talky scene between, you know, El Mariachi and Carolina." And those were the parts where I would get bored cuz I'm like just go back to the crazy action shit. Nobody cares about any of his relationships.
1: Really amusing to me when I think about this whole film. This all happens in a day. Yeah. This all happens. It's a very in busy day. Day because uh, Carolina's having a conversation with uh, Bucho at one point, and he's like, "Have you seen anyone?" And she's like, "Oh, like what, that huge thing that happened this morning." And you're kind of like, okay. Like those
0: people were hanging out in a bar like (laughs) six or seven
1: in the morning. (laughs) You're like eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I think it's just also a lot of times it just felt like he was testing the waters to see what he could get away with. I also wonder like what the interpretation, like what he would have done now, because I think one of my... A lot
0: more green screen, I
1: guess but it was almost like uh, I think one of my favorite bits is supposed to be they just have uh, like American tourists wandering around. That
0: is pretty funny.
1: And they just like are complaining about the service at some point when those people are just sort of like we're dealing with bigger things. Well,
0: It's like you're in the middle of this like gritty Leonis inspired kind of action movie set in Mexico and like you have Cheech Marin as this bartender talking to like uh tavo one of the his men and then yeah just these american women go um excuse me where is our waiter <laughs> and then he's, and they're just, just and they're like oblivious to the fact like when you look at these dudes these dudes look scary but these americans are just i mean they're very much like karens and then you have like college students that show yeah. up Right after, like, the bar has been massacred and, like, walk in to get drinks and there's bodies everywhere.
1: Yeah, just, like, can't you tell it's closed? Because they're just standing yeah. there. Uh,
0: uh, what What did you think of Antonio Bandares as El Mariachi?
1: I thought he was very good. I think it's also this, this interesting thing of having seen him now in multiple roles and seeing him having done English and Spanish, you start to appreciate that, like, oh, he's a very good actor.
0: Well, like, I realized when I think of Antonio Banderas I think of his Pedro Amadovar work because that's yeah. most of the movies I've seen him in I believe are those movies but for a lot of you know American audiences he's like Desperado and Zorro and he's like an action movie kind yeah, he, of guy
1: like rom-coms like yeah. in the 90s from what I can remember because I know like he's like Dakota Johnson's like stepdad like, oh, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> like, um, it it was just like at the end, like it was a silly film. Uh, you could tell, like, he, when you look back at like Rodriguez, like, uh, cinema stuff, he loves working with Cheech Marine, obviously. Uh, Marin, I believe. Marin. Was, yeah. uh, Quentin Tarantino. Danny shows
0: Trejo up. shows up all oh the time.
1: My God. Uh, Steve Bucemi, who's like has a brief thing.
0: I really, and whose character's name is Bucemi. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> they just did. But, like, I, I liked his tiny part in the movie. Did he get killed? Because he just kind of disappeared. No,
1: just disappeared. Yeah. He I was, was like, just like, I'm done.
0: Okay.
1: And he was like, what? And he's like, no, I'm done. You fucked it up. Because like- I was a little
0: disappointed because, like, you know, halfway through the movie, I'm like, when is he going to show up again? And he's just gone.
1: Well, like, no, he has an honest... They're, like, in the church, and he tells well, them... Well, no,
0: but, they're... like, he, he, I yeah. assumed he would show back up. But
1: you thought, like, once, maybe, like... Because it's like, oh, well, he has... God, a, he it's, like you said,
0: friend. it's all happening in the same day, so it may, he mm-hmm. may have not left town yet, right? Um, what did you think of Salma Hayek? Because a lot of people... This wasn't her first acting gig, but people say this was her, like, breakout role, where an audience outside of the Spanish-speaking world became aware of her.
1: Uh, I mean, she's very charismatic, there's that is one thing that, she but not considered. a great actor. No, because I remember like there's a film that she's in that he she's like with the guy that plays Chandler and Friends, and it's supposed to be like a surprise baby that they end up having. Like that
0: just sounds like one of those disposable '90s yeah. movies. And yeah, and so
1: like she was very charismatic in that film, but she's still just playing like it's just Salma Hayek. Well, when
0: I think about it, it's maybe other than Frida, and I would need to go back and watch Frida because it's been over a decade since I watched it. So I don't know if she was a good actor in that movie or not, or if it was just the makeup was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. But like, I really have never thought Salma Hayek is that great of an actress. She seems, I mean, especially in Desperado, she is there because she is a sex object.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. she's just That's like, it. very pretty. Uh, Like, Dust Till Dawn, was that his? Uh... That was
0: Rodriguez. That was, I think, his follow-up and to was, Desperado. Like, it
1: was like, she, uh, also a sex object barely talks. And she
0: plays a villain and I mean <laughs> she's believable as that villain but once again it's another instance of well there's a lot of special effects and makeup that's helping the villain thing. Yeah
1: happens. it's um again it's not like it's.
0: She seems to understand the tone of the movie that this is a silly movie. Yes. And that's good because then that means her performance is never in conflict with Banderas or the rest of the film.
1: Yeah it's just she's not it's again one of those films that she doesn't need to be that high of an actor to actually get the point across but it's one that you're like oh i've never seen her do anything that's like very challenging that you're just like oh maybe like breakdown, crying kind of shit or just anger or he
0: married i think he's like the ceo of the company that owns the brands balenciaga the saint laurent yeah he's he's, a billionaire like so yeah
1: Sort of like it's, it's a hobby. Me. It's a hobby. It's a hobby for her. It's a nice hobby that gives her a nice chunk of change.
0: It's somebody wanted Salma Hayek's name in the credit of their movies, and she was nice enough to go, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> uh but yeah, she's someone that I've always seen her, she's one of those people that falls in the category of like a famous personality more than a famous actor, in my opinion. Yeah. That when she shows up in like, you know, the grown-ups movies with Adam Sandler, once again. She's not really acting, not that anyone acts in those movies. Yeah. But it's just sort of like, oh, she's a friend. She got a little bit of money. She probably donated it to a charity or something. She supports and then moved on with her life. Kind yeah. Of I
1: think it's it's this interesting thing, the the contrast with Antonio Banderas that like he has been a few stuff that he, like when you think to yourself, like you could you could get confused if you're strictly only watching his English speaking movies that he faded off to the uh, like uh from the face of the earth and has only done pr- uh, like prison boots only to then like if you're a real movie fan you'd realize oh no he just continued on working in spanish well, in better like, films cuz
0: like the skin i live in
1: yeah is such a, an
0: incredible role in. where he plays this like mad scientist villain but super serious and you see like you compare like desperado where he is playing this like cartoonish superhero yeah and then you see something like the skin i live in where he's playing someone that could be cartoonish but playing it very straight
1: yeah i mean like in uh desperado he's just basically doing a lot of uh smoldering and then like being like i i've i've suffered so much you don't understand
0: it's a lot of like reaction shots yeah and things like that um <laughs> I would say it's a film that's very much about set piece events. Cause you have like the big shootout at the bar. That's kind yeah. of your opening one. Then you have, there's uh, the bookstore sequence. Mm-hmm. There's the one where the original Mariachi and another uh, Mariachi has like a rocket launcher in his uh, yeah. guitar yeah. case show up. And it's, so it's like the whole film seems predicated around the action set pieces and then the parts in between those action set pieces are where the movie either lost me or got me back. And where it got me back was whenever it focused on El Bucó and his men. That was yeah. the f- best part of the movie because that's where you really realize this is a comedy. Yeah. Because Bucco is a, a horrible boss. His men are idiots. And so Rodriguez mines a lot of comedy. It's a very like dark, violent comedy out of it.
1: Yeah, it's more like these these men are like they're loyal to this man who they're assuming is paranoid, but is actually not really that paranoid to begin with. He happens yeah. to be in the right.
0: He's not because that like Nefarious yeah, and I mean, evil of a villain
1: they're trying to paint as if El Mariachi is not a real thing. it's supposed to be like almost like a Google or like the boogeyman like oh, this is something that like higher up spear and then uh which is like, no, he's out there. you just haven't fucking found him um but it's all it's just it's a surface level movie at the end of the day because, yeah there's no
0: subtext here
1: <laughs> like there's supposed to be this indicator that everyone is ta- in town is being paid by buco because like they drop off stuff and people come pick it up
0: like uh carolina's bookstore was yeah. built by and yeah, yeah. and she
1: gets yeah. like $50,000 a year and like it's and, like everybody is working for him so if everybody was working for him wouldn't there be also like higher consequences on the actions of a mariachi like just being around getting a hotel or just being like having more people id him or just being like what the fuck are you doing here and it's also the question of like then why tourists would come to a town that's like
0: this that because like, not that nice that, of a town
1: like that carolina is basically saying like you can't make money here then why are there tourists showing up
0: well that was the world building was very scattered. Yeah. And this feels like a movie and a lot of Rodriguez's movies he they're about world building, right? Like Spy Kids is just all about this insane cartoon world. Yeah. And then here I feel like it could have benefited from a little more consistent stronger world building cuz I felt like that town was not very inhabited.
1: No, I think it's and it's hard to do because again it's like I don't expect everything to be like a Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul thing because I was thinking about it earlier today when I was out riding my bike I'm like yeah the funny thing about Better Call Saul is there are a lot of characters that you meet briefly that you want to know more about but they won't like for example I think about like how Gus has uh like there's these neighbors that like he's allowed to be in, in their house and like I, I want to be like, what, what's I want to know about them, about these people that are just well, like, just so fucking okay. And but then you're like, you know, well, if
0: Disney Plus ever buys it, then we'll get a thousand <laughs> TV shows about but, every character. Like
1: but you know very well that the writers are like, yes, we gave you something very interesting, but let's come back to the main focus. <laughs>
0: exactly, yeah, that's one of those. It's that push and pull when you have. A universe populated by people w- or by characters with very strong, bold personalities. Yeah, is especially in a film, you're just getting a taste of it. Mm-hmm. So, like Buscemi's character, I wonder why. What, what's going on with that guy? Like, where did he go? Why was he here? Like, what? Yeah,
1: what? What is like? Is he the guy that scopes? Which reminds me of like, what is? What was it Fallen Angels that we watched? That like one car? Why? like Uh that the woman comes in like oh yeah uh, yeah and then lets him know so he's like the
0: advanced man who yeah comes and tells el mariachi everything that's going on
1: but then is also like giving him feedback once the job is done of being like it's too blah 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 well
0: and then the the connection between buco and el mariachi i felt like oh there's something that could have been explored like what's going on here why'd this go sour like
1: i think it's Supposed to leave it up to your imagination, but it's not good enough when you don't leave like really good scenes. Yeah, to let it. Yeah, because yeah,
0: it's not like it's not like the script is written so well that it evokes an idea of what might be. It just kind of is very like I was thinking it's a movie made by a guy influenced by a lot of stuff he loved watching when he was younger, like a teenager. Yeah. And that's fueling this. It's the same thing with like Tarantino, right? Everything Tarantino makes started as a seed from back when he w- worked in a video store. Yeah. Uh, but then you need a kind of writing like, and that's where I feel like I've always kind of lean more towards Tarantino than Rodriguez when it comes to the writing aspect of their movies. Yeah. Because Tarantino writes evocatively. You think about something like Kill Bill, where you have all these characters that we don't spend a lot of time with But, like, you can feel and infer the backstory and the history there. Yeah. With Desperado, I'm like, I can't really. It's, uh, I'm giving, getting such broad strokes that I don't really know. Like, it could be a whole number of things that happened in the past between these characters.
1: Sort of like, he just seems like the type of person that, like, once he gets into it, once he has his hands on it, he likes the whole, like, uh procedure of making the film yes and doesn't go deeper into it versus... he likes
0: choreographing action sequences yes that's his strength
1: and that is a good strength and this is not to say this is not knocking this movie this is not knocking people that like that type of stuff but for people who want more meat on the bones like a tarantino makes sense uh i'm trying to think of the guy that did like Shaun of the dead right. oh um, i
0: was edgar wright edgar yeah. wright
1: like that type of stuff who has like a similar
0: you think about like hot fuds feels like a rodriguez movie yeah
1: and it's just like and it's also the fact that like at the least with rodriguez he's just sort of like he is such a proud mexican-american that it's sort of like as like like as a latino person like i find it very interesting to see it with people that are like similar to uh, to myself on the screen
0: uh he is one of those people that has been odd to me though because i can remember planet terror and it features twins
1: yeah. And I found out those are his
0: nieces. I
1: think nieces from his ex-wife's side.
0: Yes. they Yeah, they weren't his, they weren't his, I mean, which that would make it creepier if they were from his side <laughs> of the family. It's still creepy. And they're very sexualized. And then I think they come back in like a machete film or something and are, because they're older, they sexualize them even more.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is the one thing is Robert Rodriguez does not write female characters from what I, maybe like the little girl alexa vega and spy kids maybe i guess like those but in his action movies his like more adult movies his female characters are very uh ugh.
1: i mean even like not just like she's again because sama hayek is so charming carolina comes out charming but that is there. Is, she's not really
0: acting; she's just being herself. Yeah, she's just mistake. being
1: like, "Oopsie, I ca- I caused a car crash because I'm so hot." And but I love books, and I've always loved books. We, we don't. Uh, yeah. Her talk okay. About,
0: name a book you like.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't like. And how everybody around her is sort of like bad mistake. Everybody, nobody reads anymore. And it's and just, I don't. <laughs> and it doesn't
0: really seem like she reads either because she never mentions any yeah, titles. Yeah, it's sort of anything.
1: like. It would have been interesting had she been a person that, like, maybe she liked reading detective stuff, like, that had to do with gunslingers. Or, like, maybe, like, even as a joke to just be like, hey, there's somebody who's been writing about you, like, El Mariachi. Oh, El Mariachi, and, like, like, pulls
0: out this whole series (laughs) of books.
1: But, like, like,
0: it's like they just were like, what would be an unexpected character trait oh she owns a bookstore and then they didn't go any further in developing that idea yeah
1: it's only supposed to be like okay good she has a bookstore because when she's like mending um and mariachi's like wounds she happens to have a book that's showing her how to stitch and I'm like, that was a cool concept. Or but like, then- I
0: could also have that scene in there with you know, her dad is a doctor who died, and so she has his medical library or, or something just, there.
1: Like it just being like, hey, maybe she has a book that teaches her how to make bombs to help him. Like, there's yeah.
0: Uh, but it it feels very much like a movie of the '90s. Yeah. Uh, it had a budget of $7 million. Mm-hmm. And I think for that level of a budget, the cinematography is really good. Yeah, He shoots like, look, Rodriguez is a very strong technical filmmaker. He's just not a great storyteller or writer of characters. He's yeah. good at these sort of broad characters, but you can do broad characters and still give them nuance and complexity and make them even more interesting because that's where like Tarantino takes movies concepts that you would say are a B-tier movie but then like adds these layers to them that you don't expect from movies like that.
1: Well, I think it's also from my understanding of just viewing these films, it feels as if like Tarantino has a certain trust with within his actors to add and elevate certain things of it, just being like maybe they want to add this to the background, or maybe this reaction will go and see what happens. But like with Rodriguez, you sort of sort of like just read what's on the paper. When
0: well, I feel like Dust from Dust Till Dawn does a better job of that world building than Desperado does, because we-
1: there's a lot of characters we only get
0: hints of from Dust Till Dawn, like Harvey Keitel and his family. But like I feel like I have a good understanding of But that
1: makes sense because that film later he developed it into a show. So like he really loved that universe.
0: But I mean he really loved the Desperado universe. He did a whole trilogy. But it never but the trilogy is very much in the vein of like Leone's Dollars trilogy in that yeah, there's this recurring character, but narrative-wise, they all seem to be very isolated from each other.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, like it does he doesn't elevate it to that point because with those characters, even though if there's not a lot of dialogue, at least there's emotional weight that's carried upon it. And the world does feel real because it's sort of like, yeah, in those films, the ones that you like primarily mentioned, the women are treated horribly. Like, mm-hmm. the women aren't, like, allowed to be main protagonists. But the reason that we see that is because the men are fucking terrible. Like, yeah. they do not let them, like, survive in this world, like, without, like, a beating or a threat. And this one, like, Carolina's kind of like, oh, we it scares me. Because Buko's, like, you know, giving her fuck me eyes. And then she's like, if I leave, he will follow me wherever. And you're like, okay, can you explain
0: how explain? would he be able to follow you? Because
1: he seems to have like a bodyguard slash girlfriend going it, on. He here. also seems
0: very locally based. He yeah. doesn't seem like an international crime lord.
1: You're like, how how powerful is this pussy that she, yeah. he's like, I will seek it out to the depths of this world?
0: But I would say it, I can understand why. What attracted people to this movie? Because I think it ended up making like 58 million on a seven million budget.
1: That's great. Which
0: in ninety-five for like a low budget movie, that's great. It was one of those movies that helped build the Miramax brand before the Weinsteins destroyed that brand. Um, and so yeah, it's one of those where I could say if you really, really want to see this movie because you're a big Rodriguez completionist, you probably have already watched it, honestly, at this point.
1: Or if you want to throw out a movie without having to think too
0: yeah, much yeah it's just yeah it's a movie that can play in the background and you, it'll be mm-hmm. fine so the last film from our series on missed movies from the 1995 year is another film directed by a spanish-speaking director and this is the day of the beast written and directed by alex de la iglesia which you have not seen any of his movies. Uh, I've seen two of them. I've seen uh, Perdita Durango and The Last Circus. And so I kind of knew tonally what we were in for when we watched this. It's a very uh, slapsticky, dark comedy, horror sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, The premise of the film concerns a priest named Angel who believes he has decoded from the Bible, the birth date of the Antichrist, which happens to be Christmas 1995. Uh, He teams up with a heavy metal fan and a television psychic uh, to find the infant Antichrist and be present at its birth. (laughs) So, uh, it's a Christmas movie, technically, it's set on Christmas or Christmas Eve. Uh, So, uh, Ariana, what did you think of The Day of the Beast?
1: Uh, I thought it was a pretty silly film um it's one of i mean it's one that i just can't be like oh my god what an amazing film that you have to watch
0: it's very rough around the edges yes extremely rough
1: around the edges. it is rough around the edges where you're not really like you get the gist of what's going on until he starts to explain it even further as to why he needs to do this and um in the meantime, he's saying that he's going to commit as many evil atrocities as he can in order to get on Satan's side. Yeah,
0: because he's sort of like, I need to switch sides. The, the Antichrist is about to take over. It's
1: also bit, and then he explains that he wants to be where the child is born so he can kill the child yes. to stop what's going on. Um, But it's like this interesting thing that when he starts to explain it, people start asking him, well, how will like the evil evil powers be not know that you're going to do this and he's like well i'm just gonna commit as many evil atrocities to he's
0: gonna me. trick them into thinking he's yeah. evil
1: and so it at the beginning um it is kind of funny because like he is dressed up fully as grease
0: he's got the collar and everything he's got yeah. the
1: collar like i think he steals from a homeless person
0: oh he does all he, kinds of like mean things
1: someone off a thing that like they fall off a ledger and they're like people who witness it. I feel like knowing it, what to
0: do. he does something to like a little kid or something like steals something from a kid.
1: He steals from a homeless person. I think he pushes a kid off of like a fence and they fall into yeah. like a subway station kind of thing. Um, I kind of almost wish that he had continued on these like little adventures of going to go fuck people other shit off because it's just like he kind of stops.
0: Well, because then the plot kind of kicks in. Yeah,
1: the plot kicks in. He meets this heavy, like heavy metal, uh, a dude that works Jose the, Maria. Jose Maria that like works uh like at a music store, and who tells him like, hey, my mom owns like uh, a
0: a boarding house apartment like a kind of situation. House
1: apartment, you can go over and the like. There's a room sleep. for rent. There's a room. Just tell them that I sent you.
0: What I love about Jose is. The, the priest explains what he's doing, and there's not a second where Jose is like, You're crazy. He's like, Oh, yeah, okay, Antichrist is gonna be born. I'm on board. He's
1: like, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 been waiting for this. Um, I and like the funny thing, what amused me is like the dude kept saying something that I tend to say a lot when my mom tells me something that's very like extreme will be like he's okay oh, que fuerte, which means like the translation of oh, that's heavy. And <laughs> But it's it's this weird, It's it almost, it wants to be a buddy film without really committing to the buddy film. Well,
0: it becomes like a, a trio comedy because yes. they introduce Professor Kavan, who's the television psychic. Yes. And it just becomes basically like these three dudes getting in increasingly more dangerous situations until yes. the movie kind of has its climax.
1: And because it's kind of messy, you're not really sure... Like it doesn't. The ending doesn't feel very satisfying.
0: Well, like the movie, and I'm sure this was intentional, that it never allows you to know: is there really supernatural shit going on, or are these dudes crazy? Because there's things that happen, but you're like, are they hallucinating yeah, for I mean, some reason?
1: Supposed to take mushrooms, yeah? That actually take acid.
0: Well cause yeah, then they see like because there's like a black goat that stands up on its hind legs and talks to them. And but it's like they're the only ones who witness that, so you don't know if it's real or not. Yeah,
1: and it's like there's also the fact that they have there are terrorists running around the city.
0: The Olympia Madrid.
1: Which is like clean Madrid. So what they're They're like fascists. Yeah, they're going after like immigrants, obviously. And homeless people. And homeless people. So there's like that connection, but then you start to realize that maybe that it's just a coincidence that they happen to meet in the middle of the night. There is a moment of doubt that comes from the priest because he's just like, I think I fucked up. (laughs) It was already like, and it's one that you almost. I kind of wish that there was an argument with just being like, we already started this. Let's just. We're too deep. We gotta.
0: We gotta go all the way.
1: And it's like, like again, it is messy. And I t- I'm not one to be like, oh, my God, I wish it was gorier, but I almost I almost wish it went a little It, it
0: does a lean, lean a little too much on the comedy side. And having yeah. seen other De La Grecia movies, I do feel like they are gorier. Like, I remember The Last Circus being a very gory movie. But, yeah, this feels like he was kind of walking the tightrope between the things and was leaning more on the comedy side.
1: And- Probably also because it's, it. They I wouldn't be surprised if they released this film, like, at Christmas time, like, in Spain during that time because, you know, just because it's a holiday and it's an alternative to watch whatever is being in, like, the cinema during that time um because well, like we
0: saw rare exports which is another horror comedy at christmas yeah. and it also does restrain itself from becoming because yes. they're like well it does involve you know christmas iconography and we don't want to like go too far with that i guess
1: yeah um there's this whole thing that he needs to get blood from a virgin oh,
0: no, that was, um, well before, this is what like desperado a very set pc movie yeah it is about Everything is about getting the characters to this scene where then a whole bunch of things go wrong, like when they storm into Kavan's apartment and all the things that happen. And then talk about the blood scene where he's trying to. get. Yeah,
1: and there's all before that. There is a set. There is like a thing that's setting it up. Like one of the examples is a heavy um, metal dude's mother who runs Rosario. a, A Rosario, um, explains to like her employee. That if anybody were to come in there with uh, like ill intentions, she would blast them between the legs with her rifle. Like that, she would not go down, and she like foreshadowing, fight, uh, like without a fight. And so the priest goes in. He's like, "I'm gonna take the blood of the Virgin because she's supposed to come from a small town, and so therefore, because you come from a small town, it's a religious town." And there is a remark about the heavy metal dude has been trying for over a year to have sex with her, but she won't go go in. And there's like this awkward conversation where the priest is like, hey, I'm a priest.
0: You can tell me. Have you had sex before?
1: And she's like... What?
0: And she's very kind of like weirded out by it.
1: It's just like... Then this whole thing, like he knocks her out. He like, he does not want to kill her.
0: Because he has like a syringe. He has a
1: syringe. And I think it's also because it's like he feels bad because he's like, this is a good girl.
0: And he's still a priest.
1: And like, but it's also like this weird thing. We see him like harm and do other things to other people, but it's like I wish that they were gonna play up the conflict of that. They they played it up a little bit more um on other times because it didn't make sense. There's to not me.
0: consistency, yeah. Because yeah. he's
1: just sort of like, oh, it's gonna be strange, and that's when like uh Rosario comes in and she's like, Well, fuck you, she comes in. It's
0: a great scene, it's probably it one like, of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah, she
1: is going off and he like doesn't know what to do, he ends up killing her. Um,
0: When we talked about Edgar Wright, I think this is a movie Edgar Wright clearly saw. Yeah. And when he was making this or something like Shaun of the Dead, he had this in mind because like the Jose Maria character is a Nick Frost character if I've ever seen one. Yeah, it's
1: also like I could see the influence of Hot Fuzz because of like being of like a whole cult thing and this uh and this setup um there and I wish like some like that there was. I think I don't know if maybe because it's just sort of like this is my sense of humor that there had been more like big emotions because the priest ends up telling the heavy metal dude like hey I really hate to tell you this but I kind of killed your mom and he's like huh and all there like- isn't really a reaction, you know, reaction all he cares about is his granddad. Who he's eating <laughs> acid to. And
0: walks around with just a bathrobe on his dick hanging out yeah, the entire time.
1: Out. And it's also like this weird thing that is just like, it just shows me that the writers didn't know what they're talking about because it's like, you can't take acid on a daily basis because it would make no effect.
0: Yeah, that is very true. Like, was, like the receptors get burnt out and you, and you like, have to take those he's breaks.
1: Like, he's giving his grandfather acid on a regular basis to keep him like cool. And he's just like, oh, if it weren't for my, like, annoying mom. who she's the one, like, providing. <laughs> like, well, it's like, he's clearly,
0: Jose is clearly an asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he's, he's just, just an and idiot. And,
1: like, um, so, like, there's never, like, a big reaction to the fact that his mom died. He's just like, oh, but my grandpa. My, uh, like, which is such a bro move. But I don't, like, again, I don't really know the history of this. Well,
0: they have a very... Uh we were going about the movie feels very messy and especially the set pieces. It feels like the movie was written around those set pieces. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if there was a whole scene where this priest was trying to like draw blood out of this woman and the landlady finds out. And then, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if the three guys have to escape the apartment and they climb out the window and they like, there's, there's a building in Spain. I don't know if it still has this like neon Schweppes sign on it but they're like oh and they crawl on that they have to go down that sign right wouldn't that be funny uh because it is a movie that makes great use of the architecture in madrid like there's and it's buildings i've never seen before uh but they made them they felt very iconic when they were shown on screen like there's the one i think it's called like the gate to europe or something and it's the two slanted towers that they go to at the end Mm -hmm. and it's like a great shot of that building i'm like this feels like something made for the movie but it's not it was just something there so it feels like they they wanted to make those scenes, but they didn't have the connective tissue between the scenes. Yeah. And it's the connective tissue where the movie lost me quite a bit. Yeah. Because the characters are written so comically that I don't find them believable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and like there's a there is a sense of like quirkiness to the world, but there's no depth to the world.
1: Yeah, I could understand that, because I feel like the only character that felt like he had a life upon his own is, like, the psychic dude. On, yeah. Because it's like, oh, he has a girlfriend, he has a show, he's trying to run the show, he's, like, trying to get the priest back on his side. He's, like, he, he's also sort of, like, all of this is a gimmick in some way or another. He's, like, it's just coincidences or... There are a few times that it's going to work, but I've never done this shit before, so I can't tell you if this is real or, real or not.
0: Well, like, all of his publications are just full of bullshit, so he doesn't assume any of this stuff is yeah, actual magic.
1: He, also, like, they m- had a missed opportunity with, like, the metal stuff. It was, like, yeah. rushed over.
0: Yeah, they never really touch on, like,
1: because, like he goes, any of so, that. Like, they go, he, like, he goes over to, like, the metal show, and it's so brief that it just sort of like, why did he make such a big entrance where this priest goes into this this place? He's like, oh, I wanna find like hidden messages like in these, but never goes upon this or we don't see him like really indulging it's in like- probably music.
0: De La Iglesia knew the band. Yeah. And he was like, oh, we'll put them in a scene. That's the kind of movie we're, we watched. Yeah. It's like, it's very much a, uh, hey, they're cool. I'm gonna put them in a scene in the movie. And, like, that can be fun. I'm sure it's very, I'm sure it's an incredibly fun movie to make, right? Yeah. But it's not necessarily a fun movie to watch the whole runtime. Mm -hmm. I think one of the weak points are the actors are not all that good. No. And so when you have that connective tissue, the sort of character moments, the actors aren't selling it well enough. I feel like the guy who played Kavan was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like the guy who played Jose was not that great of an actor. He was okay. Who was he that again? like a- Oh, that metal guy.
1: Yeah, no. He's he was
0: okay. Because I immediately thought of like Nick Frost and uh, Shaun of the Dead. And so immediately I'm comparing it and I'm like, oh, Nick Frost is so much more charismatic, even though he's this slob. You're still like, no, I can see why somebody would want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> Nothing about Jose. <laughs> you're like, no, I would not want to hang out with him. He seems obnoxious.
1: Like I think. Back to my days when I would go to like shows in Puerto Rico, and like I knew this one guy that was a little older that was like really into the music scene. And having met people like that, all they do is connect it back to music.
0: Very oh, autistic. Yeah. It's the fixation, <laughs> right? Just,
1: like that is where they're the most comfortable in. Like,
0: but he didn't for, really even talk about music that much.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, I just like drugs and metal. And he's like, I'm a Satanist. But you think like you could have used this guy as a tool of being like, oh, no, I know like this song from this. Well, then he never
0: about- they introduce those as character traits and they never expand on them for the rest yeah, of the movie. That's,
1: that's a huge problem. And
0: it's a waste of like that character. If you're going to have a metalhead character in your movie about the birth of the Antichrist, play that up somehow. Like, yeah, uh, I thought uh, the actress who played Rosario was good. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the ones. And it's probably because she's older. She's a veteran actress. Yeah, She knows how to take a small role and turn it into something interesting through, like, her choices on how she responds to stuff. Um, but, yeah, like, the movie jumps around a lot. Yeah. And it can be a little dizzying as a result of that because you're not really sure, like, where the priest is in his journey at certain points. Because he's gone to so many places and done so many things. And the timeline isn't clear in our heads.
1: Yeah, I almost wish that there had been a little bit more breathing room. And it almost wished, like, it's one where you have to either make the ending a twist that makes it, like, valid to have gone through what we went through to, like, be following this priest around. Or you needed him to actually have, like enemies that he's fighting against which kind of like yeah there's me, no antagonist like, till the end of the movie like you know like uh you remember like the show lucy the devil the uh like yeah. the
0: yeah lucy daughter of the devil
1: yeah and like they had that priest two priests and a nun that was like always trying to follow them but couldn't fight like they needed something like that to be ridiculous because well, doesn't he
0: he's in like a, a con a a convent or something at the beginning.
1: Yeah. And he tells one other person, but that person immediately dies. But
0: then it's like he can just disappear from this convent and nobody notices he's yeah, gone.
1: Uh, like that nobody else like knew that he was developing these conclusions. Or, yeah, like, you have
0: a scene where you know the I don't know what the version of a mother superior is when it comes to priests. As, I don't know, father but, superior. No, the, the <laughs> priest boss, the priest manager. Uh goes into like on hell's <laughs>
1: Like Catholic light I have no idea I, I can't tell you because I know there's <laughs> like you weren't raised I know then. there's
0: like cardinals and bishops and all this shit but like I have no interest in learning that hierarchy unless I'm gonna like write something set in that world and that ain't gonna happen <laughs> um so like a scene where his superior comes into his room because he's disappeared right yeah. and he finds all these notes and he understands what they're hinting at and he's like he's gone to Madrid then we must stop him yeah and then you have this sort of now the race against time has some higher stakes because like the the Olympia Madrid people just kind of show up in the last 30 minutes of the movie.
1: Yeah. And they don't really have any talk.
0: And we don't really know, like, we I know don't. they're fascists, but there's no explicit
1: motivation or anything. They're no talking. There's no, there's just like weird images of one being maybe a demon before like he's like killed.
0: Well, that's the acid,
1: but it's just also like, it's, it's missing those components to make it feel like you're rushing against time and it's missing things that could have made it a little bit more interesting it's still like when i ended up when we finished watching it it was one of those films that i really couldn't fully discard i couldn't be like oh it's complete it, shit it has really
0: good elements yeah,
1: it has really good elements and it's also because it's like so many films that we watch like I always wonder, like, oh, we need to watch more European or Latin American or like Asian films. It's sort of like you want to understand even the background of what's going on, but you're just sort of like
0: even watching the films, you won't you be still, able to get it off. Like out.
1: you <laughs> wonder if it's you or, until you start looking in and you're like, no, it's there's something missing yeah. in the film.
0: And this felt like like Dylan Iglesias, I always think is a very bold director. Yeah. Like he makes very strong choices in his movies. And this, I think, was one of his early, or like, this is sort of like Desperado. This was like one of those movies that brought him to the attention of an audience outside of where you would expect. Yeah. And so I can see why in 1995, this would have become like a cult classic kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it really just doesn't feel as strong as I, I expected it would be going into it, having watched two of his other movies. Yeah. I had this sort of, the bar for me was set pretty high. Uh, and then I was yeah I was a little disappointed by just the uh, sort of sloppiness of the of the script. It's,
1: it's it's this hard thing to actually like. Not every director is going to like make a home run on their first film. I feel as if that is a rarity. Um, when it comes there, there is like a handful now nowadays. Ari Aster, yeah. Um, what was the other i guy? would
0: say the safety brothers no the safety brothers because they're earlier from like daddy long legs nobody saw
1: um what was that the one that did uh like there will be blood
0: Paul Thomas Anderson I feel like he... heart eight was his first movie and it yeah, that was a big yeah, yeah, it yeah that made, it made a big it, impression
1: like it made an impression like you could like even when we watched the film I was just like it's not perfect but you could tell like there's something there it's
0: a director who has a clear point of view and they have a clear style that they're shooting for. They may not hit the mark right away. Yeah,
1: and the guy that did uh, that did Dune. I can't relate. Like, uh,
0: Denis Villeneuve. Which like, we have, also... I haven't seen his first movies. But so.
1: even in the first film... so Like On uh, like An- Sandi. Yeah, it's sort the, of yeah. like you could... These are people that it's just sort of like... Or like... Um, Fincher... Like, there, there's something, like, about the beginnings of their stuff that you could tell. Like, Alien they're... 3? <laughs> <laughs> Not my favorite film. The game? <laughs> but you could feel like they're going to tighten it up.
0: Well, I would say, time. like, even with Alien 3 in the game, even though they're, like, some of my least favorite Fincher movies, you can see Fincher's style. Like, yeah. you see where the guy's going. So by the time you get to something like The Social Network or Zodiac, you're like, oh, this is him realizing that tone and that style. Uh, but yeah, it's with De la Glacius, I can see where he was going, but his later movies are so much better than this. I
1: think one. it's also it's him testing to see what how much the audience can take.
0: Because yeah, I mean, like something like The Last Circus, it's a movie that is not going to appeal to a wide audience in the least. <laughs> like yeah. it is a very niche group of people that are gonna like that stuff. that was the pop cult podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode make sure to check out our show notes for any relevant links to reviews or other sites that we also include a link to popcult.blog which is where you can find a whole bunch more reviews of all kinds of different media from movies to tv to comic books and more Uh, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen so you'll be uh, notified when new episodes are up and if you visit popcult.blog starting tomorrow may 1st We'll begin a month-long series we're calling The American Theater on Film Volume One, which involves watching a whole host of movies that are based on some of the most famous and prominent stage plays in American history. So things like A Streetcar Named Desire, 12 Angry Men, Death of a Salesman, and more. Uh, If you appreciate what we do here on the podcast and over on popcult.blog, we would encourage you to think about supporting us on Patreon. We've got lots of rewards, and different goals that we're working towards over there with that in mind i want to thank our patrons we have morphine at our sneak preview level as well as becca and matt who donate at the writer's room level if you donate at that writer's room level that's ten dollars or more a month you'll get to pick uh one movie a month for me to watch and review and you can even add your own thoughts to my review if you'd like before i post it Uh, with all that said we hope that you keep listening